so she first went to Beaumont for, you know, Texas Tech for one semester, then dropped out. She just completely, like, was drinking, partying, and all that stuff. Then she came back home. Then uh, she briefly went to Port Arthur Business School. And then the summer of 1961, she went to L.A. to live with her aunt. After hearing that UT was Joplin's third go at college, you may be wondering if she came from money. However, in 1960, UT tuition and fees for an entire year of school was $136 for an in-state student. When adjusted for inflation, that is still just $879.69. College tuition wasn't the financial commitment it is today. So why are so many aspiring musicians still pursuing degrees? I'm one of those many, many kids who basically you grow up being like, I'm going to college. It's not even a question, you know, like you you have to go, Um, especially because my parents are foreign. So it's like, you know, they're like, we sacrificed all this stuff. You're going to school. (laughs) No ifs, ands, or buts. Austin musician Maylott earned a degree in advertising from UT before plunging into her music career. I'm not a very like planned person, but I like to know where my foot is gonna land before I like step out. So for me, it was always like, okay, at least I'll have this safety net no matter what happens. Like if I hate it or, you know, people try to take advantage of me or whatever, I can always fall back on, on this knowledge that I have. Current St. Edwards students, Trevor and Milo, who make up the Austin duo, Hal Johnson, say in a perfect world, they would only be pursuing music. In an ideal world, we, we'd always choose music first over anything else, but we are privileged and fortunate enough to have the opportunity to make college work in this day and age. So for a safety net reason, it, it makes sense to go to college, and that's why we wanted to go to Austin, because, you know, just like Janis Joplin, it's, I mean, I don't know if it was the live music capital world in the, in the 50s, 60s, but... Um, it's it still certainly is now, and so we had that opportunity to, you know, yeah, like we said, go to school and go to college and balance that. Sophomore geology major Philip Lupton and freshman business major Truett Heinzman perform as the duo Briscoe. Neither member ever questioned whether or not they would go to college. When I was considering where I would go to school, like, I, I was always planning on going to college. I didn't really... I don't feel like the music thing even became something that I was like, maybe I'll get to not go to college um, until I actually got to college. Um, I'm from a, a smaller town in West Texas called San Angelo, and I knew that my best bet to get the music stuff off the ground was to go to a city like Austin, and the best way for me to get to a city like Austin was to go to school at UT. According to the U.S. Census, 36% of Americans held a bachelor's degree from 2010 to 2019. The census from 1960 reported only 8% of Americans received four more years of college. I kind of in the mindset of um, just make sure I pass my classes and have fun doing music. I'm not uh, too, too concerned with my grades and maybe my GPA reflects that. Maybe it doesn't. For Ria Mahish, a biology and math junior who performs under the name Quiet Light, her degree is far from a backup plan. I think what a lot of people don't realize now with, like, the way that the music industry works is that, like, very few people that make music, like, make music full-time. It's, like, the top 5% of musicians 
make music full time and everybody else has a day job. And so I think that like, I'm really passionate about like research and like STEM-y things. And so that's like definitely a blessing because I can always pursue music on the side for as long as I want to. And I don't necessarily like have to worry about like, you know, like making it big or signing a record label or something. I can just like make music with my friends until I get tired of it. According to an article written by Amy Wang, published on Rolling Stone in 2018, musicians take home only one-tenth of the national industry revenues. This is due, in large part, to the payment method of streaming services that do not pay artists lucrative amounts until they reach a billboard-topping level of fame. Like school comes first, it's always like, I like don't let myself pick up my guitar unless I have like finished all my work because then I know that like my work's not going to get done. Alumna and current Austin musician Gina Chavez works as a full-time musician with a part-time job utilizing her journalism degree from UT. A lot of us out there have, I guess like we're hyphens, right? You know, so a lot of people have kind of side jobs and, you know, and multiple things they're pursuing. And for me, that day job is my side job. Like I'm a full-time musician and then I work part-time. Whether a student musician is excited about the degree they are pursuing or just trying to prepare for more security in their future, most will have to deal with the pressures of drinking and drugs, whether it's at a college party or at a late night performance. Uh, this is a song called What Good Can Drinking Do that I wrote one night after drinking myself into a stupor. Holly George Warren, the author of the biography Janice, Her Life in Music, explains the issues with substance abuse Janis Joplin was dealing with as a student at UT. The alcohol became a real crutch for her because, hey, what does alcohol do? It loosens your inhibitions. So that was a way that she got her, you know, uh, courage up to get up and start singing for people. Pat Sharp recalls Joplin bringing along some liquid courage when she interviewed for her article in the Daily Texan in 1962. I don't remember whether it was the morning or the afternoon, but um, we went and so Janice had, um, she had a glass, which I thought was water. Turned out later it was either vodka or gin. Warren explains that Joplin was never paid in anything except for beer at Threadgill's, the venue she played most frequently during her time in Austin. Of course, nobody was paid. Threadgill's, uh, she used to talk about, they were paid by, you know, Mr. Threadgill paid them with free beer and stuff like that. In those days, there was a lot of speed around. That was the main kind of drug people did in Austin in 62. It was prescribed by doctors. It was like diet pills and things like that. But they were actual, you know, amphetamine. And, I mean, they were all over the place. So that was the first drug Janice really did. A few days after she turned 20, and not even a full year into her studies at UT, Joplin dropped out to try and make it as a musician in San Francisco. She officially withdrew so that if she could, you know, wanted to go back, she'd be able to. So she didn't just like drop everything, you know. UT alumna and Austin-based musician, Lainey Gonzalez, remembers feeling that same call during her much more recent time at UT. I always fantasized about dropping out for sure, but um, I just never like, never really, like, an opportunity to, like, never really presented itself for me to drop out. I feel like I would have just, like, 
you know, somehow, some way I, like, would have gotten, like, on a national tour or something, but, like, I didn't even release my own music until senior year, so at that point, it was just, like, yeah, I'm not dropping out, but <laughs> I always would talk about it with my parents, and they would be, like, yeah, 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 whatever, um, so, yeah, I think every artist kind of, like, fantasizes being able to drop out. Al Johnson members recall when UT student and musician Sloan Struble followed in Joplin's footsteps and left the university without a diploma. We had a conversation uh, with Sloan at Lucky Lab from Dayglo uh, like a year and a half ago. And we were talking just kind of about Austin and everything and just kind of catching up. And then he's like, yeah, I'm dropping out. Like, I'm going on tour with Coin in the fall. And we were like, oh, shit, what the hell? Like, oh, congratulations. Like, yeah. I have a paper to finish tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that thing, too, is like, it can just happen out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Although she left herself the option, Joplin never went back to UT. But she did return to Texas in 1965 after becoming severely addicted to speed and crystal meth. She was knew how close to death she had come previously in that early period in her early 20s and and her parents of course were just horrified and so worried about her and you know her mother really did not even want her singing she was down to like 88 pounds and she had to move back to Port Arthur uh, really she was on the verge of just death because you know, all she did was speed all the time she'd quit singing and everything and while she was um, recuperating, she went totally, you know, got sober, didn't drink, smoke, anything. She started writing more songs again, and she started performing uh, first in Beaumont and Houston, and then she started getting gigs in Austin. Joplin came out of this recovery period, but did not stay in Texas for long. She was recruited by the established band Big Brother and the Holding Company. Once again, Janice made the trek from Texas to San Francisco. So when she first um, moved to San Francisco, you know, to make it big with the Big Brother and the Holding Company in June of 66, she had been going to college in Beaumont at that point and doing quite well and making good grades. And she was actually a sociology major and she had worked very hard back in school. But she, you know, got this opportunity to sing with his band. And so I read these letters that she did write to her parents saying, don't give up on me. You know, I may still go back to college in the fall. I just wanted to see what this is like. And she, in several letters, she would address this, the question of college. So finally, um, by like the fall of 66, Big Brother got a month residency at a club in Chicago. So she wrote them from Chicago saying, well, I guess you can see I'm not going back to school in the fall. All these people that ended up leaving Austin and going out to San Francisco were, you know, major, um, you know, networking, uh, artistic, creative in that beginning of the counterculture and everything from underground newspapers to underground comics and, of course, music. It was clear Joplin felt the need to get out of Texas for her music career to take off. But is it still necessary for musicians to move to specific cities in order to garner national recognition? The members of Briscoe and Hal Johnson don't think so. It's, it's not like we're missing out by being in Austin right now. There's no tangible advantages if we just were to pack our bags and move to Nashville or L.A. or New York or something like that. That I think that Austin, for our size right now and our purpose right now, does a wonderful job of uh, filling all of our needs. In the age of streaming and seeing what we can do as a society through 
uh, digital mediums. Um, it, I mean, you can do it from anywhere. Uh, you know, you're obviously going to have more support in some of these New York City, Philadelphia, LA scenes. But I think Austin is has so many viable uh, opportunities and solutions. The only thing that's really stopping you is, you know, how, how good how good you are. Austin-based hip hop duo Tribe Mafia still feel the pressure to expand out of Austin due to the fact that rap has only very recently become widely accepted in Austin. We travel too much. We travel way too much. I mean, and we wanted that exposure. We already did our thing in Austin, so. We, are, we was already looking at different cities in different states by then, in different countries. We were supposed to move to California this year and the summer before the COVID hit. But yeah, I think definitely for hip-hop, yeah, you're still going to have your core fans over here, but if the... You got to venture if, out. If the scene here is predominantly just upcoming artists and less fans, then you need to go to a place to where the consumers are more than the actual makers. You know what I mean? Especially they like your music way much more. That's where you need to go to and get more exposure to even... You know what I mean? Because what we want, we want to appeal to fans, not other artists. You probably want to move to a city where hip-hop is actually more appreciated. Austin-based R&B artist Maylot has also felt the pressure to move out of Austin due to a lack of investment in her genre by the city as a whole. I was planning on leaving um, Austin as soon as I graduated because from, from UT because I was like, there's no place for me to do the things with music, even as like an advertiser or marketer, to be a part of the type of music that I want to be a part of. There was just no scene for it. There's an infrastructure that exists in LA and New York and places like that that just doesn't exist in Austin. The, the Austin, the old school Austin thing is to, you know, basically have musicians play perpetually in Austin and just like kind of hope something may happen but if not just play every day of the week forever and that's just you know most people just that's not what people really want anymore um so I do think there is a certain level of industry that we don't have in Austin that requires um some some movement does it require you to move permanently to somewhere I don't know I didn't have any ambitions you know, I wasn't into, I didn't want a career. The career just sort of came after I started singing. It was very strange. I got in the band just because of, there were my friends and the scene. What was happening was all my scene and my people. It was a, a familial thing. You know, I didn't set out to be a singer. That came after I was already a singer, which is lucky because I would never have done it any other way. For The Daily Texan, this has been audio producer Addy Costello, with help from Arjun Hedgedy, Jackie Ibarra, Will Lahardy, and Anna K. Reeves. The music you heard on this episode was Calm Down by Lainey Gonzalez, off of her EP Just Blame Me, When I Left Your Waiting Room by Quiet Light, Hurt by Tribe Mafia, and Tell Me by Briscoe. All artists can be found on Spotify. The theme music was produced by Blue Dot Sessions. The interview clip from Janice was recorded in 1962 when she was introing her original song, What Good Can Drink Can Do. If you want to learn more about Joplin, Holly George Warren's book, Janice, Her Life and Music, is still available.